your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If you'll stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word. Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome and to the church, and he said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, mark that in your Bible, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to look in your Bible at the word things to come. Now look this way for a brief introduction. I am not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. But I believe that this morning, different than many Sunday mornings, most Sunday mornings I preach and teach just the Word of God. Line upon line, precept upon precept, that we might know the Lord and that we might grow further in the knowledge of Him, understanding the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of the love of God. But as the under-shepherd of this church, I believe the Lord has shared with me, and I humbly say that. I, I'm careful of people that, you know, thus saith God. That, I mean, that ought to be audible or angelic. And I know we can speak His Word and say this, but these are impressions that your pastor has that are forefront for the things that are to come for us corporately and individually. Now, I could just list things like people on the 900 psychic hotline and said, oh, you're going to have trouble next year. And inevitably, somebody's going to have trouble. Let me tell you how you know when it's the Lord. Because there will be things that come to pass that I share about, and you go, well, that's just because I live in the world. But then there will be other things, and the Lord will whisper to you and say, do you remember I told you the first Sunday of January, this is what I'm talking about, and you're ready for it. The witness of the Holy Spirit... And I want to speak to you this morning for just a few moments on the things to come. God, I just pray this morning that you would anoint me. Don't let one thing come from my mouth, O oh Lord, that would uh, confuse or be outside of your will. I pray that you would confirm your word. And I thank you that you love us so much that you would even give us insight into things to come. It's because you care for us and you want to prepare us. And I bless you, O oh Lord, for the opportunity that's mine. I thank you, O oh Lord, that... Old drunks like me get to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful, O Lord, for a grace that's greater than all of our sin. And I honor you this morning as Lord of the house and Lord of my life. And it's the name of your Son I pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I believe that this coming year is going to be a year that you will not soon forget. It's going to bring clarity to some of you. Some of the things that you didn't understand last year are going to make sense this year as the Holy Spirit starts to unravel it. It's going to be a year that requires boldness and tenacity. Boldness and tenacity. I own boxer bulldogs and I have for about the last 15 years. And those of you that know about bulldogs or, or uh, anywhere from a pit bull to a boxer, you'll, you'll see that their nose is slanted backwards. And it's not a defect. It's so they can breathe without letting go. 
That's the truth. They bite you, they lock down, and they can go all day. Another dog has to let go. But this year, you're gonna be, it's going to be clear to you what the Lord was doing behind you and what he's doing now and in front of you. But it's going to require boldness and tenacity. And it's going to lead, it's going to lead to glory. I believe the Lord is going to reveal glimpses of glory in your home, in your marriage, in your physical life. There's going to be pockets of, I see them like flashbulbs that go off and you go, that's the Lord. That's his glory. Not in the way a cloud settled in on the temple of Solomon, so to speak, but an unmistakable sense of God's presence that lets you know in that moment that I have been with you in all the moments leading up to that moment that draws you nearer and closer. But I want to cover a couple of hard things first before I tell you about the good things, okay? Number one, and again, this is my belief as I sought the Lord for this Sunday for this church. I believe you should expect intense conflict. Matthew eleven twelve said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I believe that spiritual opposition... And warfare against the true believers is going to increase to such a degree that though you said for years, you might have said, well, we're Christians in a war. You're going to say, no, we're in a war. Internal conflict, external conflict, geopolitical conflict, local conflict, national conflict. The fact that you are in Christ and belong to Christ, there's going to be opposition. The spirit of this age is going to try to woo you. There'll be conflict because it's going to try to seduce you. The Bible says because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Some of you are going to be tempted in areas that you have not been tempted in since you got saved. It's going to be turned up. I thought I put this to rest. But the devil, knowing his time is short, is out to to cause you to dishonor the Lord and to harm Uh, your testimony and your children, and he's going to try to seduce you. And understand this, people that are being seduced usually aren't aware that they're being seduced. Part of conflict that you may experience is Satan is going to sift some of you. He told Simon Peter, he said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, which means he's going to take a metal grate, wooden square here, And he's going to throw the fabric of your life in it. And he's going to shake until everything, listen, separates. Who you say you are and who you really are. The good, the bad, the ugly. And he's going to sift you. And many Christians, when they're being sifted, think that God has turned their back on, he's turned their back on them, but he hasn't. Jesus said, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. He's desired you salmon. He called him by name. And some of you this coming year will be the target of hell itself. And Satan is going to sift you. But oh, I love the second part of the verse. He said, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. You may lose some stuff in 2015, but the stuff that remains cannot be shaken. God deposits, God fabric, eternal realities, things that God has established in you. Some of the things you lose this year, you should have lost in years past. And Satan desires, but God decides. 
And you may be sifted, but you're going to be okay. Offenses will increase and try to embitter you. Be careful of offenses. What people do, what they don't do. And understand that they are not your enemy. We have one enemy. One enemy. And he'll trick you. He, some of you, he, he'll never get you into a bed of adultery. He'll never get you back into the bondage of drugs and alcohol. But he'll have somebody do something so bad to you and your heart will become bitter and angry and poisoned and you'll come out from under the canopy of grace under the canopy of law which says people ought to be judged by their actions and your own heart pays the tab be careful that you do not become embittered and have ought against other people there'll be intense trials to try you first peter 4 said beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though it's some strange thing happening. But rejoice, because you're partaking of Christ's sufferings. And when His glory shall be revealed, you will be glad with exceeding joy. We have had, if you've lived with the Lord for any number of years, you'll, you can say with honesty, well, that was an easier year. That was a hard year. That was a year that just kind of passed. I blinked and it, it just went by. But have you ever had a trying year? Tried, tried your very soul. Have you ever had a year where you thought about going back? Don't think it's strange concerning this trial that involves your children, that involves your spouse, and you start, quit starts looking good. This is not something that's just happened to you. You are partaking in the sufferings that go along with being gods. You're in a world system that hates God, despises God, and says, live for yourself. It's your life. Choose what you want. And the conflict is because we are gods. I didn't have a conflict before I got saved. I wanted to stay up all night partying. I stayed up all night. No conflict. Except the next morning. The next morning had some conflict. No conflict. But the the trial comes when we stand here and everything is pulling there or burning. It's, it's, It's heated to stand with the Lord. People are going to be sent to you to distract you, mislead you, dilute you, and oppose you. Be careful of the people that you choose to be in your circle. We don't have to have 2,650 friends. I don't care what Facebook says. You ain't got time. If you said hey to each one, it'd take a week and a half just to say hey. Listen to your pastor, will you? That person, this is not an issue of do you like them or not. It's not an issue where they there for you in high school and college. If they dilute you, if they cool your passion for the Lord Jesus, if they distract you or mislead you, they were strategically placed in your life years ago or last week. And you need to understand that the devil has tactics. The Bible said we're not ignorant of those strategic devices he uses. Be careful of those people. And don't be afraid or ashamed to cut them off. And if you're one of those people, I I just could never do that. You better count the cost of having them near. Let me give you just one example. My friends uh, who are not Christians, I have acquaintances that are not Christians, uh, but we don't 
we don't share life because we really don't have a whole lot in common. And I'm going to use an extreme example so that you can get it. Because sometimes if you just give one simple one, people will look at you. Like if you blow a whistle and a dog will do his head like this, you know. Uh, you couldn't imagine a Satanist. He just did his animal sacrifice in his yard. He drew his pentagram, cut the chicken's head off, slung it around and chanted something. You couldn't imagine him coming and saying, hey, can I join you at prayer service? <laughs> can I come tonight? Five, five to six? Okay, maybe we'll go get a sandwich afterwards. But you'll see a Christian go clubbing with him and hang out with him and watch this with him and do this with him because... In the extreme example, the Satanist is not deceived, the Christian is. He, does, he knows that if he gets in that environment, there's a good chance that the Holy Spirit could do something and change him. That's why he stays away. But the Christian can be so ignorant to not know that evil communications can corrupt their whole life. And if you want to pull me that way, you have not been sent by the Lord to me. That doesn't mean i got to hate you. That means I have to know you. And if you're that person to me, I can't spend time with you because I might be hanging out with you on a down day and lose the very purposes and intentions of God in my life. Your testimony is going to cost you. In the coming year, for some of you, your testimony... I'm not talking about people not inviting you to go dinner to lunch with them at work. It may cost you your job. It may be this year, and if the Lord tarries, it won't be long. Your pastor will experience persecution. I'll probably be locked up for preaching the gospel. If Jesus tarries, it's going to cost you. And you've got to decide now, are you going to be quiet before men? Are you going to deny the Lord that bought you? And God doesn't want us to be arrogant and buy a megaphone and go into work with a 10-pound King James Bible and you're all backslid, ungodly reprobates, you're going to hell. That's not what he wants us to do. But listen to me. You say one bad word about my wife and you and I are not friends. And you curse his name and you and I are not friends. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm not ashamed of him, his word, his promises, his presence, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of His coming, I'm not embarrassed and I will stand. I'm not going to be quiet and it's going to cost us. For some of you, it's going to cost your job. Some of you, are going to, it's going to cost your job because they're going to ask you to do something unethical and it's not an issue of ethics. For you, it's an issue of salvation. And you're going to have to stand. But know this. Every cup of cold water given or sacrificed in His name shall receive a reward. And the Bible said they beat the disciples and threw them into prison. And when they let them out, they counted it glory that they could suffer a beating for the name of Jesus. That's what it said. This year may cost you. I'm never going to get through with all of this. Oh, my goodness. Your flesh will fail you. In the coming year, your flesh may fail you. The falling away of other believers is going to shake you. There will be people in this room, I believe, that that person you know that you depend on, that you look to, that you esteem, is going to turn their back and deny their faith. And it's going to shake you at your core. And you're going to understand, maybe for the first time fully, that your salvation is independent of grandma, daddy, mama, pastor John, a bishop, cardinal, prophet. Your salvation is personal. And if they all walk away, 
You are God's and you stand and you're going to feel the shaking of when they turn. Pain, disappointment, unanswered prayer and hopelessness may try to bury you in the coming year. So you're going to need to be connected to the vine. I love the part that Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, all is well. If you abide in the vine, everything will be fine. That's all you need to remember. Jesus, connected to Jesus, armed with the armor of God, sober and ready for a fight. 2015, for many of us, will have intense conflict. Number two. And I'm going to have to abbreviate some of this. You're, it's going to be a year where you see strategic signs for you personally. Later on, Lord willing, I'll talk about the, the signs that are in the heavens and in the, the political systems. But for you personally, unmistakable signs that God will give you. Confirmations to let you know that you're in His will or out of His will. When you get on a boat and a storm arises and they can't survive and they throw you overboard and a fish eats you and takes you to the bottom of the ocean and the storm quits, that's a sign. That's a sign that you are out of God's will. When the donkey you're riding on or the car you're riding on stops and Balaam starts to whip the donkey with his whip and the donkey turns and said, what is your problem? When your animal talks to you, that's a sign. Balaam's donkey said, have I not been your servant all these years? Have I ever given you a hard time? Some of you are going to experience signs and you're not going to need a pastor to tell you. You're going to know, I told you this years ago and I'm telling you again, stop that. Stop this. Turn this way. Go back. Make it right. Stand here. Do this. And there'll be unmistakable for you. Moments that you cannot shake. And you don't have to have witnesses. You know that 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 God has spoke to you. They'll come this year. And when you get a sign like that, you know that what we knew before, but it's really to the forefront that God is with me and he cares for me and a loving God. God, I thank you publicly that you won't let me go headlong into sin without standing in front of me saying, the bridge is out. Stop. He'll send a prophetic word to you. He'll send a, a sign, a dream, a vision, something to let you know that you're in his will or out of his will. Number three. In 2015, you're going to see spiritual apostasy and true awakenings side by side. Increased traffic away from God and toward God. Let me give you a definition of increased traffic. 5 o'clock p.m. Eagles, what is it, a McDonough exit, what's the name of that? Eagles Landing, yeah. Pack a lunch, babe. Pack a Pack breakfast. Traffic. Okay, watch. There is going to be traffic in the spiritual realm away from God. People are going to still go to church and walk away from God by the droves. Going to church don't make you a Christian, baby. You can come here every Sunday. Going to Burger King don't make you a whopper. That don't help you. Don't, I mean, it might help you, but it doesn't identify you. And people are going to walk away from God in groups. But they're going to come back to God individually. 
There's going to be individual awakenings in the lives of people and spiritual decline. There will be an intensified battle in the pulpits between man-centered religion and Christ-centered religion. Listen, we do not come to church to find out what God can do for us. What kind, listen, what kind of life He can grant me. All that is taught in the Word. But the focus of the Bible is to find out how I can share in His life. How I can fit into His plan, His story. Man-centered religion says, let me tell you what I can do for you. God-centered religion says, draw me near to you, O Lord. That's why I asked Ben to start this year with that hymn. Draw me near to you, O Lord. Let me be God-centered, God-focused. The, the, the cross, the message of the blood of Jesus is going to be, continue to vanish from pulpits. Be very careful because you can name the name of Jesus and not be Jesus. Not be part of his family. The devil believes that Jesus is real. You'll hear people say, we believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. But I don't like his future. When you ask them, do you believe that there is any other way that man can be saved except by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And there's going to be a steering away from that. And the churches that steer away from this, listen, are going to be anointed. They're going to draw great crowds, and they'll even have miraculous signs. I can prove it to you just one time, just touch on one thing. You know why the world is going to give in to the Antichrist and the false prophet? Which they'll simply be human figures anointed by demonic presence and by the anointing of hell itself. God allows it. When the false prophet and uh, the Antichrist are on the scene, he'll be able to even call fire down out of heaven. Miraculous signs. And people will say, well, God must be with them. Let me tell you who God is with. The humble and those that have an allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. Be careful that you're not swooned by the success in this house, outside of this house, 5,000, 50,000, or 15. And don't let miracles sway you. I believe, this is just your pastor and you feel free to disagree. I believe that God is going to withhold a lot of physical miracles in the local churches. I do. Because the Bible's crystal clear that society is going to get worse and worse and worse. We're not going to get it ready for the king. You're not going to have a kingdom of righteousness till the king comes back. And it's going to get worse and worse. And the Bible said darkness is going to cover the land and gross darkness the people. But the children of God are going to rise and shine and his glory will be seen on them. No tricks. Now, will God perform miracles? Absolutely. That's not what we're going to be known for. The last day church is going to be known for a deep-seated, passionate allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be careful that you're not swayed. Rejection of truth compared to the love of truth. Corporate delusion, I told you, and individual awakenings. And celebrity ministers who continue to sway the masses. Please don't write me about this. Just please don't. Because I have a special file for it. I'm not... And you say, well, you have a platform. Well, the Lord allowed me this platform. And if I'm wrong, I have to answer to God for it. You understand that? I'm going to stand before Him and answer for this. There are ministers that I've listened to on television for years 
that I'm noticing are straying away from the gospel of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. They're straying away from discipleship and the cost of discipleship and knowing the Lord. And it's becoming trendy to be a Christian. Jesus said, you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. Hated. And it's not because we're arrogant. There's a difference. There's an anointing. There's a glow. And the spirit of this world hates the believer. I don't need Oprah on my stage. You, you follow me? What's wrong with Oprah? How long do you have? Does it mean we're supposed to be mean to them? No, it means that I can't confuse you in thinking that we're serving the same God. Because we're not. We're not. All roads lead to one place. Are you kidding me? All roads lead to Florida. 75 North leads to Florida. How do you know that? Because I believe. I'm sincere. We're sincere. We all think 75 North will go to Florida. You're wrong. 75 South goes to Florida. And be careful that the person you've listened to for 20 years doesn't steer you in the last hour. I can glean from anybody, but when you cross out of what the Word of God teaches, I'm not listening to you anymore. That doesn't mean you haven't blessed me, and that doesn't mean you still don't preach truth. It means if you're not sure the difference between truth and error, then I don't want to spend my time listening to that anymore. That was good, by the way. I just thought it Is this all right to preach this way the first Sunday? Okay. Spiritual apostasy, apostasy and individual awakenings. This coming year is going to be a year of absolute victories too. I hope you brought something to write with because some of you, I am going to, I'm going to tell you your tomorrow right here. There will be victories over your pharaohs. What you couldn't do yesterday, you're going to be able to do this year. Because God is going to speak over your weakness. God is going to speak over the inherited sins of your fathers and grandfathers. God is going to come onto the scene where it's been futility and you've given up and say, Let my son go. And there's going to be power demonstrated. And you are going to come out fully. You're going to come out with others. You're going to come out wealthy. And by that I mean things that were lost for generations. You just come out because you're going to have absolute victory over your Pharaoh. And he's going to come chasing after you. And God's going to open up a sea of provision. And when you walk through, he's going to drown the ones that threaten you. I don't know who you are or where you are, but you are going to grab Miriam's tambourine and you're going to sing the horse and the rider. God hath flung into the sea and drowned them there. It's okay to respond here. It's okay. Absolute victories. God doesn't win by three points. God's not hoping for a safety in the last minute to win the game. When he comes to the valley of Megiddo, valley of Armageddon, by the word of his mouth, the bloodshed will run bridle high to a horse. Hundreds of millions of people will be destroyed at one time that come against the land Israel. And I'm telling you, if, if you say, well, Israel's God's people. Yes, they are. But you're God's children. They're his earthly people, but you're his chilling. You understand? 
And if he will do that physically, what will he do for you spiritually? Be careful that you don't sell short God and say, well, God gives victory. He only gives one kind of victory, absolute victory. Victory over your Goliaths. What's that? That thing that stands up in front of you and mocks you and taunts you as if it were God himself. Tells you you'll never be, you'll never have, you'll never succeed, you'll never conquer, you'll never finish. And dares you to come out and do something about it. And I want to remind you that God loves to whip Goliath with small things. Insignificant things. A little shepherd boy with a piece of leather and a strap and a rock in his hand and five rocks in his pocket slings it. Goliath said, am I a dog that you come out to me like this? He said, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. David wasn't real good at smack talking. You know, you know people that are good at it and people that aren't good. People that aren't good at it just repeat what you said. He said, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And David goes, yeah, I'm going to feed you and your armies. To the birds of the air. Read it in your Bible. It's just, it just struck me funny. But then watch what he did. He charged him. This is going to be a year that you're not waiting for Goliath to come out and invite you. You're going to charge him. And he said, you come to me with a sword and a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he slung that rock. And it went sunk into his head. That's what the King James says. That's not good. It sunk into your head. So did it go all the way in and the skin close up? That's nasty. That's bad. I know, it didn't kill him. It knocked him to the ground. And David took his sword, Goliath's sword, and cut his head off. I submit to you that that shut him up. I, and there are people in here, as we did, you know, that's, that's kind of funny, but other people realize... That voice that you've heard mocking you all these years finally shuts up. Absolute victory over the thing that's held you. Legion in the tombs of, in the tombs of Gadarene, this naked man would run through the night and take pieces of broken pots and just cut himself and scream like a madman and had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus said, who are you? And the demon spoke through the man's voice and said, legion, for we are many. And most commentators agree that a legion means 5,000. So 5,000 demons living in the labyrinth of one man's soul. And Jesus had come out of the man. And they said, before you torment us, can we just go into this herd of pigs? Begging Jesus for permission. He said, go ahead. They flew into the pigs. The pigs jumped off this cliff, drowned in the sea. And they saw this man, listen, clothed and in his right mind. The naked man. The man that loved to live in dead places. The man that loved, he felt comfortable in dead places. Next time you saw him, he's walking in the barbershop. Good morning, boys. Hello? Can I get a haircut? It's been a long time. Yeah, you know he didn't pay for that haircut. You know what I'm saying? Here he is clothed and in his right mind. Absolute victory. I don't care how far in you were. When God tells them to come out, they come out. Absolute victory in your flesh. Absolute victory in your mind. Absolute victory resulting in powerful freedom. 
I believe in 2015 there will be breathtaking suddenlies. I told you about them about four years ago. And I didn't know it, but I was prophesying my own future, how suddenlies were going to happen. A suddenly means something that you see for the first time as it burst on the scene, but God's been working behind the scenes for a long time. One moment there's nothing, and then the next moment it's here. Things you could not see behind the curtain of God's sovereignty are going to be made manifest. Suddenly God answers. Suddenly God moves. Suddenly God defends. Suddenly God supplies. Doors that were sealed closed now swing wide open. And prayers, unanswered prayers, aged prayers are answered publicly. Wounds will close. Diseases will wither. Depression will dissipate. And wars will cease. Things we've asked for, believed for, and longed for will suddenly appear. And you're going you're to feel like you're dreaming. He said, I, it was just yesterday. And now today, anyone here truly ever experienced a suddenly? And you just, you stare at it and can't believe. Things you could not have imagined or even knew you wanted. I believe some of us in this room are going to be so surprised it is going to take our breath away. And I don't know who you are, but when it happens, come find me and say, John, there was no movement. There was no momentum. There was nothing. And suddenly, God pushed through. And it's like you see him. The drape moves or something. And it's so there. It can be the longing of your heart or something you've never asked for. So surprised it takes your breath away. Surprised by how he does it. When he does it. Where he does it. And with these displays of power and glory come great joy unspeakable joy, unexpressible joy, unmistakable joy, unexplainable joy, personal joy, healing joy, and abundant joy. I have never been more tired in my life than I am today. These three babies, three, three. And see, you do the math, you go one, and then you add one, that increases at 50%. If you add another one, it increases 33%. Oh, no, 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 no. That third one jumped to like 800%. Because now we're outnumbered. Kelly got two arms. I got two arms. And until grandma gets off work, we're outnumbered. But I want to tell you what my suddenly looked like. A fatherless man got a phone call three years ago. Do you want would you like twin little girls? And with the suddenly came great responsibility... An unexpressible joy. I have never been happier in my life than I am today. Never. Never. But you got to go through the conflict to get to the glory, though. You got to get through the wilderness to get through Canaan. You have to be sick before you know the glory of a healer. You got to experience lack before you know the glory of the provider. And some of you, write it down. Write it on your refrigerator. Write it in your car, a card. Put it on your mirror as you get ready. Breathless. I don't know who that's for. You just write it down. Breathless. It's going to... And joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Number six. And this is the last one. 2015, for some, will be profound Change. I believe this year is going to change a good many of us deeply. Deeply. 
for the better or for the worse. As I share this message, this is the part, and I'm making myself as vulnerable as I know how to be. I just tremble for us because I'm grouped with you. I'm, pre- I'm right there on the second row with my wife. I'm right there. Deep change for the better or the worse. This coming year could very well be an accelerator of what you left undone in 2014 or unaddressed. Goliath that were ignored last year may give birth to children that are already full grown this year. Secret sins, besetting sins that we all struggle with if unaddressed, are going to give birth to grown children this year. I've never read that or heard that. I believe the Lord put that in my spirit. And we got to put them to death now. we got to cut it out now. We have to repent now. We have to break away now. We need to cancel the membership now. Turn it off now. Unplug now. Because those Goliaths are sent not for you, but to destroy your babies. And your influence. Besetting sins will become strongholds. And strongholds will become concentration camps. Where wayward Christians are taken to die. For the righteous. I believe this year will bring forth the former and the latter rains. See this year is going to be the the, the culmination of judgment on some people. Because they just will not submit. They will not surrender. But to the righteous. I believe this year is going to have both the former and the latter rains. Turning what you planted last year into a bumper crop of fruit not seen for many years, if ever, this year. Who planted something last year? Faithful in areas where there was no reward. Serving, believing. I believe this year that God's going to send former and latter rains. And as quickly as I told you those giant's babies can be born, the crop will come up and it will be more than you can take in. A year of healing, a year of wholeness, a year of restoration and renewed strength and vision. I believe God is going to visit us in distinct, familiar, and altogether new ways. I believe your heart's going to burn again at the hearing and reading of God's Word. Well, let that sink in. I believe that this year your heart's going to burn again like it did when you first got saved when you hear someone read the Word of God or you read it yourself. I believe our spirits are going to soar, bend so high in worship that we lose track of time and the people around us and we forget that we're in church. Just get caught up in in the worship of the Lord. I believe prayer will be common. And I believe we'll have more than four and five people come on Sunday night to pray. I'm going to say it again. I'm not manipulating you. If this is your church, these are your prayer meetings. And everyone can make one a month. That's all I'm asking. One a month to pray for this local body, the ministries here, that we might be what God has called us to be. Prayer will be common. Sharing our faith will be natural. And absolute trust in God will be the norm. Many who are timid will become bold. The anxious will know peace. The double-minded will become settled. And the wayward will come home. Don't underestimate the power of this coming year. Complete turnarounds will be all around us. On the road. where you're, All around us, complete turnarounds. Damascus Road encounters. Upper room experiences. 
demon-possessed people like the Gadarene sitting in the Lord's presence. I'm believing that these stories will be commonly heard among us and there will be an expectancy to see them happen on a weekly basis. I'm expecting that this year, this year will have the power to reconstruct our DNA. It has the potential to rewrite our story and renew that which has been lost, stolen, or forfeited. Ben, if you would come, please. Where woundedness, bitterness, unforgiveness, and sadness will be something of the past. In one of the worst, in the worst period of my life, in one of the worst years, I remember the Lord whispering to me and said, you're going to laugh again. Just like that. You're going to laugh again. And I had not laughed. You know how the guy at work tells the jokes that are not funny and you go, ha, ha, ha. I'd laughed like that. But I had not laughed. Years. Years I had not laughed. And the Lord said, you're going to laugh again. And one night playing a silly card game with some friends, I did one of those laughs where you have to, you have to crawl to the bathroom. You, you couldn't make it. The change was so deep that it didn't start with a trickle. The flood came. The flood came around me. And instantly, all that ground just started soaking up, and I realized the change is coming. The change was coming. He was rewriting my DNA in a moment. Woundedness, bitterness, unforgiveness, and sadness will disappear. Why? At his command. The thing that's identified you, the things that's owned you, gone. The question for many is not will great change come, but what kind of change will come? The question is not does God want to bless you, but are you blessable? Are you mobile? Are you ready to go at a moment's notice? This could be the year of your exodus, your resurrection. The year where you break the gravitational pull of familiar sins, insecurity, excuses, and old mindsets. Sanctified, set apart, fit unto God for the master's use. Deep change is coming. I don't know about you, but I need it. I, I, I want just, it's like, Lord, take all the pieces. Throw away what you don't want. Keep what you want. I just believe this coming year is going to be a clarifier for me and for some of you. So what do we need to do, Pastor? Hearing a message like this, what do we need to do? And if you'll give me your undivided attention for like three minutes, I'll be done. But you got to get this. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, he said, I have this one thing against you. You left your first love. I want you to remember where you've fallen. Repent and redo the first works. I'm going to go home. And I, I wanted to wait till after I preached the message and write down what my first year of salvation looked like and redo those first things again. Remember, repent, and redo. That's the first thing. Simplify. Francis Chan said recently in one of his speeches that multitasking keeps us from the presence of God. Simplify. Oh, so Pastor Wood, are you, I'm not telling you what that means, but for you, simplify. We don't want to do what somebody else told us to do. Cut out the things you need to cut out, narrow down responsibilities. God, family, 
others me. And I don't need all the stuff. Simplify. Priorities. God, family, others, me. Number four, set your affection on things above. Your affection. Don't spend your energy and resources putting stuff on an assembly line that's going to go get burned up. Set your affections on things above where, and send your treasures ahead. Absolute surrender. Absolute surrender. Keeping nothing from the Lord. Keeping nothing from the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. What do I do? Stop worrying about everything. Well, I just can't. Yes, you can. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Don't let the devil see you sweat nothing. Well, what if it happens? Well, it happens. If the economic system crumbles, which it will, well, it just crumbles. The Lord is my keeper in the shade upon my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord is going to preserve me and my babies from this day forward and forevermore. And the last thing, I don't care what they're telling you. I don't care that it's popular now to say the rapture isn't happening. Listen to your pastor. Hebrews 9.27 is crystal clear. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. But unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Lift up your eyes. This could be the year that Christ comes for his church. This could be it. I don't believe we're going. You may not. I plan on being taken out of here at the sound of the trump of God and the shout of the archangel. Live like it's tomorrow. 2050 year, don't be afraid of it. Now, if you don't catch this last part, it's gonna, you're going to leave kind of troubled. Look at those things on your page. You had that last year. You had that stuff in 2013. Ain't nothing to fear in the coming year. The Lord is with you. You're going to have conflict. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have change. God's going to grant you suddenlies. There's going to be miracles. So no matter what card is dealt, you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Stand with me this morning. And I am persuaded that death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, things to what? Or things to come. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. With every eye open. If you're visiting with us, all I can do, even though I got a little loud, it's just because I was happy. Please don't judge me. Ain't no snakes nowhere, nothing like that. I'm just happy. Because I used to couldn't tell this stuff. Now I'm living it and getting to tell it. On this first Sunday of the year, with every eye on you, and no one will embarrass you, I give you my word. If you're saying, Brother John, I know I'm not a Christian. And I don't know what all it means. But I'm asking God to have mercy on my life today. And save me. 
If that's you, just slip your hand up and hold it up just a minute. God bless you. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Pastor John, in a word, every eye open. I'm just backslid. That's it. That's it. And if I raise it, they're going to speculate. Let them speculate to the four winds with what those people think. And I am putting my life the best I know how into the hands of the Lord Jesus today. If that's you, just hold your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Would you do this? You don't have to. Listen, God, God's already moved in your heart, but it does something to our pride. It, it insults our pride when we step out because it makes us vulnerable. That's why you stand in front of a preacher and said, I'm too dead till we part. I'm making a commitment publicly. If you meant that prayer, I just want you to come stand at the front and we're going to pray and dismiss and we're going to go home. But those of you that raised your hand, just come stand. The Lord knows what it means. The Lord knows what it means today. God bless you, buddy. If you've got a friend or a family member or a relative down here, come stand with them. Come on, if your friend's here, come stand with them. This is this lady's boy right here giving his life to the Lord this morning, by the way. Can somebody say amen? Come stand with these guys. I need some people to stand with them. All right, let's pray. And those that are praying with people in the altar, let them hear your prayer. Just loud enough, let them hear you. Pray for them. Could I have a lady pray with this sister, please, here? Thank you. Glory to the Lord. Hey, these are praying in the altar. Please continue to pray. Those of you that go here know I'm not trying to draw a number. I just, in my heart, clears a bell. Somebody said, I should have came. I Come on, who are you? It may just be one, but I know there was. I know it. You said, I should have done it. Come on. Where are you? Come on. Yeah, but if I make it public, they'll watch. Come on. Where are you? God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Jake, come play, pray with this brother. God bless you, sis. Where are you? I want to make sure that everything I have is with the Lord. Everything. All my hopes, all my dreams, all my goals on the Lord's side. Glory to the Lord. Saints, isn't this wonderful? Isn't this beautiful? Come pray with this gentleman, Lance. Hey, buddy, in the green shirt. I don't know you, do I? Okay, and I know this is vague, but to you it won't be. He ain't forgot you. He ain't forgot you. <laughs> he hasn't forgot you. <laughs> Glory to the Lord. Anybody else? 
Anybody else? I just want to make it public, Lord. I just want to make it public, Lord. All yours, all yours, going into this year, all yours. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. God bless you. Rachel, will you pray with this sister? Saints, the Holy Spirit's just touching people's hearts. This is the year to be ready. Ain't nothing to fear in this year, but we got to be ready. We got to be ready. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Praise you, God. If you're with a spouse or your children or friends there, just I want just little groups. We're going to say a quick prayer. We're going home. Just get in little quick groups. Turn to them. And pray for your family, your homes, your, your, your marriages for the coming year. Would you do that? Just say a prayer over them, Papa. That's all. Hey, in this coming year, it's us and the Lord. It's us and the Lord. Us and the Lord. We're okay. Us and the Lord. It's us and the Lord. God is with us and God is for us. We commit this year to him. Whatever cards are dealt, us and the Lord. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Us and the Lord. God is our refuge and God is our strength. Very present help. Very present help. Lord, as we go out of this house into 2015, we thank you that we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to fear anyone because the Lord is our keeper. We bless your great name. Draw us nearer, Lord, to you than ever before. Let this be the year where we're closer to you than we've ever been. And may our ears be tuned to heaven, listening for the trump of your coming. We love you today. We bless you. We commit this last year to you. We close it. It's gone. And we commit this year to come to you, O Lord. Blessed be your great name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Would you honor the Lord this morning? Praise the Lord. Y'all have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.